0: Talking a lot about current events and analysis and all that. You know, sometimes we get into the theoretical. Sometimes we veer into the history. But we made this podcast to talk about our book, which is uh, soon to be, uh, which will be published this year. It will come out in stores this year, hopefully end of the year. Uh, the emerging populist majority, which is really a political science history book, um, and it talks about populism in more of an academic sense, less than a sort of current events. Political day-to-day sense, but I think it's important that we actually just get to the meat and potatoes of this and talk about, you know, what is populism? What what, what makes us populist? What is the American populist movement? Yeah. Um, you know, its history, its origins, people that have carried the mantle of populism. Populism can mean a lot of different things to different people. There's left-wing populists, right-wing populists. Some people think it's only a rhetorical messaging strategy. Some people view it as a concrete political ideology. Yeah. It takes different forms. It has a long history. You can go back to, you know, Caesar and Rome. Was leading the you know the populares and the Senate against <laughs> yeah. the, the optimates. So there's a, there's a long history of populism as a political movement. It, it ebbs and flows with history. It emerges. It, it, it declines. Yep. Uh, and there's reasons for that as well. But
1: you know what, what what is populism, Troy? Let's hear it. All right. So my simplest way, to, I, I always try to define it in the most simple way I can. because populists are simple and stupid. No. No, because if you cannot communicate an idea to, to people, Correct. it's not a very powerful idea. Um, and so I think the, what populism is, is you define it against what it is not. Mm-hmm. And I think it, th- that word is elitism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Populism is... elitists hate populists, mm-hmm. and populists don't like elitists. Mm-hmm. And so when you have an elite um, that is running a society and I speak beyond America in this sense, across time and, and, and civilizations. When you have a society that's being ran by an elite, and all, all societies have hierarchies, mm-hmm. so if the elite hierarchy is not running the affairs of state well, you're going to have populism mm-hmm. arise. Right. And when the elite- It's a
0: natural byproduct.
1: Yep. and when the elite is running the country well, and there's good outcomes, and people are really satisfied with their lives, and for whatever their system is, whatever their expectations are, um, then I think you're going to have less populism. Right. You'll you'll always have some variety of it. Um, think of it like a temperature yeah. gauge. Um, it'll be lower and, and ev- it will ebb and flow, as you mentioned. And and right now I think it's uh, it's 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 flowing upwards to the top. And the reason it is flowing upwards and emerging is Because of elite failure in this yep. management of this country, right?
0: I, I agree with you, and I think this sort of follows the historical trend of populism. It emerges as a, as a natural byproduct to the failures of a ruling order, to the failures of an elite, like you said. Um, I think you could always have some sort of populism existing, even when you know the elites may not be as bad. I think it is, it's, it, it, it is. It's always relevant. I think that there's always a there's always a need for a populist movement as, yeah. a, as a check, as a counterbalance um, to the excesses of an elite. Um, but it obviously gains its its most strength and its most relevance during times like well, frankly, what the United States is going through now. Yeah. But you, you could look throughout history. I mean, look what we can you know the, the international and the global you know. Forms of populism that have existed in other countries. That's a long, long enough discussion of itself. But let's focus on the United States yeah. and our and, and the political experiences here. Um, you know, some people. There, there are a lot of names get thrown around for populist leaders. You get Andrew Jackson, Teddy Roosevelt, um, Huey Long. Um, you know, Trump, obviously. I mean, yep. there, there, there's other names there. I mean, you know, who do you think is the first populist in the American
1: uh, political uh, political scene? By definition. Um you you have to say it's Andrew Jackson and this the founder of the modern Democrat Party. Yep. Funny enough, irony, irony. Uh, irony. Um, but and what? But why is it Andrew Jackson's more important? Because it's not like Andrew Jackson came from you know relative you know landowner. Uh, yeah, but where where did he own
0: land? He came from the back country.
1: Yep, he came from the back country. He came from the periphery. He was in the outer rim. He was a provincial. You know. Yep, and so that and, and but 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 that is the secondary part of it. The first part of it is always. What are you against? What are you defining yourself against to decide? Central what banking, you're for? central banking, and the Virginia planter arist- aristocracy. 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 Um, prior to Andrew Jackson, there had been two types of U.S. presidents at that point. The presidential election had, had sort of evolved in the early republic. So you had the uh, the Virginia class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which, the Massachusetts class, and then the Massachusetts. We'll just call it the Adams family, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it was the Boston it, it,
0: mercantilists yep. versus the Virginia planters. Yep, and plantation so owners.
1: and so obviously Virginia had the was the center of the political power of the United States at that time, and Massachusetts was never that successful. Like, but Adams, it tried. Adams had one term, mm-hmm. first one-term president, and his son. Quincy Adams was the second one-term president, and I think that that election and, 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 and sort of the, the unjustness of, you know, Jackson won a plurality of the vote against Quincy Adams, and this is early republic, so there was like four different candidates, mm-hmm. and they were all the same party. There was one party in these days. Mm-hmm. It was called Democratic-Republican Party. Um, and they didn't really even call themselves that. They called themselves the Republican Party. Yep. Yeah, the, well, they, there was the Federalists. Yeah, the, the, the Federalists were already petered out by this age. Oh, where you're talking about yeah, what, the, the 1820s the already? Yeah. Yep. The, by the time Quincy Adams, by the time Jackson emerged, yep, the
0: Federalists were done outside yep, of like yep, very it, localized. It, they
1: called it the Era of Good Feelings, yep. which um, so it was an agreed upon one party state, mm-hmm. and the Democratic Republicans were actually um, you know however they referred to themselves in the age they were realistically the first party. Mm-hmm. The Federalists weren't really a party. Um, they were, didn't organize themselves in the way that parties organize themselves today or that the Jeffersonian party mm-hmm. organized themselves. And I think that's really, really critical to, to know about uh, the interplay of populism with, with party politics mm-hmm. as well in this country, is you have the Jeffersonian party, for lack of a better term, we'll just say, they were first kind of referring themselves to as anti-federalists.
0: Right. They were the agrarians. They were the party of the the the, the what's it, the yeoman. Yep. Uh You know they so, were ag- against the interests yep. of, so, of, so, the, of the mercantilists yep. federalists. So that's pre-Jackson. Anglo loving. Yep. You know, yeah.
1: So that's pre-Jackson. But even that is a little bit of Proto, a populist. Proto-populist. Yeah, like a proto-American populist sentiment. And so you start with that, and, and the federalists. Who they were competing with were the elites of their day. Yep, and so and they wanted to replicate,
0: yep. you know, the 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 British, you know, the British system in the United States.
1: And while ostensibly, and that fight went yeah. through the
0: Constitutional Convention. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. If you want to really know the origins of all of our ideological disagreements. Read the Federalist Papers, mm-hmm. read the, the arguments around the Constitution, read the Articles of Confederation, right. our first attempt to form a republic Right. and and seeing how, okay, we wanted, we were fearful of a strong central government, uh, let's not have it be too powerful and then, we're, oh, not that, no, we can't make it that impotent. Right. So, you know, it's we had a happy medium. You know, we had the Constitutional Convention and, and the Constitution um, uh, that we live under to this day uh, that is sadly eroding away but um um you so i think you have a bit of a proto-populism but jackson's the first real populist because um he arises out of a a the first real contested constitutional crisis election in this country was quincy adams winning and he did not win a plurality of the popular vote or elect. i don't think electoral vote either but the electors of the other two threw their lot in with Quincy mm-hmm. Adams to stop Jackson, and that to stop Jackson. Um, why? Because Jackson's a yeoman; he's from the West. We, you know, he's way out there in Tennessee. We can't let we cannot let this. See a lot be. of parallels
0: today. Yeah, like always someone's just like this again. The sneering; they just yep. hate. They hate the outsider. It's You're this, not in the it, old boys it's club. Chin
1: raising. Um, I mean, Jackson, by the time he became president, he had this big block of cheese that just right. people all ate out of. And, right. oh, He's going to turn the White House how, into a brothel. How, how disgusting is this? Oh, uh. God. Um, so so Andrew Jackson becomes president um, and serves two terms. And I think he – and there's a book that is uh, cited and sourced in, a, in our book that's – not not extensively, just a couple lines here and there. But um, The First Populist, which is, a, I think, a book from a few years ago. Um Written good timing for it because I think Donald Trump had actually just become president in 2016, right. and then this book was being written. What's well, um, also with funny, that in mind. You,
0: you look at Jackson and his political movement. He he kind of presided over a silent democratic revolution in the country where you had the voting rights extended to all free white males and other things like that, and it really started. To democratize, yep. and you know, I kind of oh, democratize, democratize the electorate yep. away I, from the
1: landowners, and that is the only tiny inkling the modern day Democrats could even tie to the Jackson. Right.
0: Families. Well, they used to but, even but, up until but, maybe but, a I, decade but, or two but, ago, they still had. We, but Republicans I, had Lincoln dinners; yep. they had Jackson Day dinners. Yep, I, they still clung to Jackson. Yeah, I, it was I replaced I, by I,
1: FDR. I remember, um, you know, I, you know, I'm sure it's not a secret. I'm a former Democrat, and I was at. The Jefferson Jackson dinner in Iowa, Jackson, yeah. and Barack Obama gave a speech that if he had not delivered this speech after the the rival candidates of the day, which were John Edwards, who I I, I you know uh, blast from the past there, and Hillary Clinton, and he really distinguished himself. He was not going to become president without that speech that day, and then distinguished himself in winning in Iowa. Hmm. So, and that uh, you know, I think that's what gets lost in in history here is is the Democrats. Um, That's the closest thing you can draw that they still have of that party, but I would disagree with that even because if you look at all of the various democratization throughout American history, it was the Republican Party that was the driver. They were much more aggressive on women's suffrage, certainly on civil rights. The Republican Party, all the way up to the act that Democrats today take credit for. As unilaterally there's the six, uh, sixty-four, sixty-five civil voting rights act. Republicans voted more in favor of that, mm-hmm. and, and and I would argue that um, that act would have happened uh, in '57 if it weren't for the Democrats' opposition to it under Eisenhower, right. who's of course well connected uh, to, to club. this club and yeah. this history. So this this is exactly sort of um, and you know to tie this back into populism, this democratization idea. Is still permeating throughout the modern party, but it, it it is seen in oh we're gonna let felons vote, right? We're gonna let ah do you need to be a citizen? No. Well,
0: there's you never know, like, there's never any you, stopgap you see, yeah,
1: yep. to the left. The yep. left can
0: never control itself. There's no yep. end. It 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 just it, the the the. It has to keep marching on.
1: Well, I asked a sensible, what I thought was a friend that was a sensible liberal about this. What what does this mean? Like, well, you know, throughout uh, the history of American politics, our progress has always been very slow. So, uh, yeah, slope. it's always been associated with democratization, and that really is the, well, the mindset. It's, it's their it's their dumb view of history in general. Everything
0: is a progressive linear slope. Things only get better, and you know, if it if it's if it's new, if it's if it's if yeah. it's the future. The New that, Deal that is the best. That the new, is, yes.
1: it, it's the New Deal. Yeah.
0: Um... But yeah, to rein it back yeah. in here, rein it back in, Andrew Jackson emerges. He's yep. the first populist. Yep. You know, he, he leads this silent Democrat uh, revolution, you know, with, with extending uh, voting rights. He fought back against the central banks. Yep. Uh, what else made him a populist? I mean, we talked about his background, where he comes from, you know, the hero of New Orleans. Yep. I mean, so, A general.
1: Yep. You, and you don't need to be those things to be a populist, but you do need to have, I think, uh, an approach that is... Um, a fighting approach, mm-hmm. a man in the arena, and there is a sort of a bellicose,
0: aggressive stance that is typical in yeah. populist rhetoric. Yeah, and and it, it's it's very much against the status quo. It's yeah. very much against, uh, you know, just 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 going on, uh, just just you know.
1: And it it doesn't have to mean you're like you're uncouth or something. It could be incredibly sophisticated, and incredibly well argued. Correct. Um, but it does mean, and God, I would argue, you know, when I was studying in England, um, and I, you know, I, I don't, and I don't need to reference that to even reference this, watch British Parliament, watch their arguments. That's plenty of that, Yeah, I, I, actually think that, like, this is so interesting. Right. This is way more interesting. I, I actually think, um, prior to our last 10 years, American politics had gotten so dull and so boring and so procedural yeah. that we were just lulled into this sleep Oh yeah, and that we didn't really realize that oh, yeah. we were in such a. Decline. Prior to Trump, I mean, it was it was it really was. I mean,
0: n- nothing really was coming to the to the to the forefront in terms of just you know thought provoking ideas. Everything was kind of just like you said, procedural. You know, regurgitated, repetitive, the same old, same old. I mean, it's just these same theatrical fights in Congress. These same stupid, you know, minutia. We weren't actually fighting for the heart and soul of the country. We actually weren't fighting for the future direction. So you know, we, we bring up Jackson. I mean, let's. Who comes after Jackson?
1: So, See, here's where it gets uh, hard. I think because I, I, I don't think anyone holds the populist zeitgeist through the Civil War period. I think you know you you had a a country teetering on various edges. I don't I don't look at people and that. I'm sure there's some examples of it, but nothing that where someone's a president. Like I would obviously I wouldn't call somebody like Lincoln a populist. I would um, you know I wouldn't call I wouldn't call anyone necessarily a populist in this age until I get to... What about Polk? Polk? Okay, I think Polk uh, was very, very effective uh, at what he set out to do. Um, I don't think he gets enough credit. No, he's he's probably... Um, he's probably one of the better one-term presidents in American history. He should he, have been he, a two-term. Well, he set Another out, man from he Tennessee. Set, he set out to be a one-term president. Right. He said, I have five goals... And he accomplished them all, and then he retired. Well, he and, basically and, and the, the Mexican American War he, created he a di- modern. He died a year after he what would have been his re-election. He died a year. After, I think one of the reasons he retired was he felt he wasn't going to live through his second term right. as well. So I, I mean, that's that's a that's a that's a patriot. Um, and he had he set out to do five things, and, and he accomplished them, and he saw no uh, reason for a second term, and then he also died anyway. Um, but the the interesting thing about Polk. um Polk. And, and and is he a populist? And I, he seems very Jacksonian. Yes. Well, yes, yeah, of the Jacksonian Party. Yes. Yeah. But I think the issue with populism is once it becomes the default thing, yeah, you're not really a populist, right? Anymore. so a, he was continuing. Yep, you're a con- yeah. you're a continuity person, which you're is a, nothing. But it's working well. If it's working well, right? So great. He's a conservative. Yeah. Yes,
0: because he is conserving a popular. He is conserving order. a status yeah.
1: quo that has proven itself viable, workable. So who is the? And I wouldn't call the Whigs the populists either. Of this case, no, states. not uh, po- uh, We can't make the mistake of merely drawing a straight line between populism and opposition to I the think, status quo. I think
0: after Polk, it sort of you know. it does become a dry period for populism. Yeah, could in you the touch country? on like
1: like because I think you said something really smart, uh, like how conservatism today. Where populism, like there's nothing to conserve.
0: Like, right, and that's yeah. why I don't like yeah. the term conservative. Because what are you conserving? if, yeah. if we if we were still Tradition. living, yeah, Speck. exactly. If we were still yeah. living, a traditionalist is a better term. Yeah. Um, but if if we were still living in a country, you know, where where there was a national consensus where we did have a real country a real yep. nation i'm yep. sure you could still be a conservative you could even argue in the 90s the term yep. conservative still made sense yep. but nowadays what the hell are we conserving we're not conserving yep. anything so th- th- that's a semantic you said rollback we won't rollback i won't rollback i yep. want to be a reactionary in many
1: senses i yeah. have a lot of i
0: i mean it's not a sex it's not a good term from branding perspective yeah but you know well fundamentally it uh, is reactionary. our
1: our european guests that we've hosted here have said the same thing i asked them and, and I, I don't mean like our our MPs right I'm talking about like the, the really fun events that I've had a lot of fun at we're, we're like Danish school you know yeah. high school students and I was talking to their teachers and I always ask them the same question what do you want to see out of America right now and they always give me this a version of the same uh, answer we want to see America strong common getting back to like the 1950s right they'll reference the 1950s which the left loves to say oh this was a terrible time women Those had no real. rights. Blacks had no rights. Right. Or it wasn't real. Yeah, yeah, or it wasn't real. Right. Uh, they, they always liked it. Or they had
0: the tax rates were really yeah. high. It's always like some dumb argument. Yeah, there.
1: it's always it's always some esoteric kind of... Um, gotcha argument and but the truth is is the, the, the America of nineteen fifties What it didn't matter which party was in control, it was the epitome of conservatism in the sense that um all of the traditional values of family and it was a true return to normalcy. Ike was the winning general of World War II, it was a true reset. Like everyone likes to credit FDR as as the, mm-hmm. the sort of reset, but really Eisenhower should get. As much credit for all the really credible and strong parts about the civic order that is sort of fading away before us.
0: So to move back though, to keep this more uh, a a more of a progressive linear
1: timeline, like the
0: left likes. I'll go. Who's next? I got to go. William William Jennings
1: Bryan. Bryan, Yeah. Who was not successful? No, but I think that's often. I think populists often have that tragic what could have been story. Right. Um, Very influential. And, and it is one of our two great movement traditions um, in, in American politics. In he history, ran what, like
0: three, four times?
1: Yeah, he ran uh, even to into it. the 1900s. Well, here, what is Jennings Bryan? Okay, actually, I gotta go slightly so over. before. Well, no, I gotta go slightly before Jennings Bryan because why is he a populist? He cuts a deal with the populist party. The last real opportunity—they were called the People's Party—but mm-hmm. this was the last real opportunity to have a third party uh, movement in American life. They held congressional seats. They had the Georgia governor's seat. We had a multi-party system for a little bit. We did. In Congress. And they had a credible theory on how to overtake one of the two parties. You know, they would look at who's dominant in the state and they would partner with the oppositional party. Mm -hmm. So if Republicans are dominant, we'll partner with the Democrats. If if Democrats are dominant, we're going to partner with the Republicans. And so um, Jennings Bryant looks at... The, the Republican coalition that is not as strong as when Grant was president. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fading. It's fading. It's the party of gold. Yep. It's the party of the tariff. Yep. Which I don't oppose. Yep. I yeah I agree with a lot of of what it was doing. Right. Um, but if you are. You got if you're this, a farmer, You've got this massive industrial. If you're railroad. a farmer from the periphery, well, let's be clear. This ties to the modern day a little bit, which we'll get to. But what's going on in the post Civil War America? You got this industrialization, which starts at the Civil War, and then you get the railroads out there. Right. You have the you you've got the the, the, the Carnegies, the the Rockefeller. You've got all and, of and this the Republicans industrialization. did that. I mean, a lot of it was subsidized. Yep. A lot of it was through, uh, you know, the Homestead Act. If if you're not getting what you think is your fair shake. Or if you're being dominated by eastern capital in the system, you're a populist. Right. And you're a member of the People's Party. Geography
0: always has a large component. Yeah. It's always the periphery.
1: And so Brian, so the People's Party puts up a actual candidate in 92. Gets like 8, 9, 10% of the vote. But that's a third party. That's yeah. impressive for today. Yep. You're getting 10% of the vote today would be serious. Yep. That, and, and I'm not talking, obviously Perot got 18, 19. Right. But Perot's like this independent Rich guy right. doing it. That's not really a party. Right. That's and then a,
0: it d- disappeared after him.
1: Yep. And so that's that's th- this was the last true third party attempt in a in a credible sense, in my view. And and and, and their n- rise and near success is actually why we have the rules that we have today. Mm-hmm. I think third party movements are a waste of time. Fusion voting, in New York. Of, of, yep. You New all, York. These, all these weird laws because they
0: want to support, just, They want to. They want to entrench the two party system. Yep. yep. Uh, protect it. And keep out opposition.
1: Fusion voting is almost totally right. a byproduct of the People's Party right. um, in the 1880s and 1890s. So, Brian comes in there and says, okay, the Republicans are the dominant party in the system. We are going to officially partner and have a candidate that is basically populist-esque, and, and we're going to merge the Democrats with the populists. And Jennings Bryant um, uh, runs this campaign in 96. He runs again in 19, uh, 1900, loses to McKinley both times. Um, and McKinley wins by, I think, a bit more the second time. And then he runs a third time in, I think, 1908. I may be wrong on my yeah, exact I, I, dates. Yeah. I think I'm wrong on my exact dates, but he runs three times uh, consecutively, two times, and then again years later. Um, maybe it's, yeah, so check the a lot check of those races were also,
0: like, four-way races. Socialists. Yep.
1: I, it wasn't Eugene Debs? Eugene V. Debs ran a bajillion times, too. Um, and so you had, an, uh, and the... The product of the day in those days, because I think populism is always sort of a byproduct of the dominant order um, of of who's not getting a fair shake or feels they're not. Um, And that's the key word. Whether it's accurate or not almost doesn't matter. Because in a democracy, um, what the people think needs to matter. Mm -hmm. And if what the people think doesn't matter, how much are you really a democracy? And I'm going to, of course, not say that word again because we're a republic. A constitutional republic Is what we are, but they're going to say that word a lot, and that rhetorical word has been powerful throughout the American political dialogue. The biggest
0: issue, the biggest reason it's it's a problem now, it's because mass psychology, yep. the, the mass media, narrative formation you can
1: you can you can control what people think. Yep, you they, can create the, the consensus. The, the Democrats say our democracy. We say a cost, We say a republic. Right, and you need yeah. these checks <laughs> yep. because you know
0: if it was an issue back then before yep. you had mass media and all the technology to facilitate that before you had the ability to really have this mass psychology and this narrative formation. Before that existed, it was still a problem. Mob rule was still a problem. And you needed the Czechs. You needed a republic. You You needed a federal system. Today, it's even
1: more important. You've always had this dueling populism that you could go back to Rome. We won't, because we're staying in America. Another episode. Yes. But you've always had this dueling, dueling populism. And one is a populism of the urban um, underclasses, mm-hmm. and, and which was very classes. Roman. Yep, and and the other populism is the agrarian populism, right. and I think William Jennings Bryant and Jackson. Before well, what's him, funny is that in our yeah. book,
0: the emerging populist majority, we uh, we theorize that the emerging populist majority is going to be a coalition of. That urban underclass yes. with a rural, yep. you could say more agrarian faction. So we're combining yep. the true traditional basis of a populist movement, yep. the inner city <laughs> uh,
1: with the, the 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 rurals. And if you are a in, reverse if FDR you, coalition, if, if you yep, a reverse FDR coalition, if you are a DNC... Um, uh brass person you can see how somebody talking about ideas like this is so dangerous mm-hmm. you know we gotta we have to shut them up maybe we have to throw the book at them you know and and so anyone talking like this anyone talking oh maybe this could be combined and like no that's your danger you know so like that's a threat yeah
0: yep absolutely right, but they've, they've been guided largely by their own hubris for the yep. last few decades well, and they, if they've forgotten Yep. Their bases. They've forgotten their coalitions. They've forgotten their demographic blocks. They are really running off this, this, this motley coalition that's barely holding together. What's holding them together is their hatred of
1: Trump. Yep, and, yep. Their hatred of Trump. And, and I would argue and, even and, uh, in a place uh, like New York, it's and, even more tense. And their adherence to the new religion, um, right. woke. Yep. And um, what's interesting here is, I mean, they they are also very angry that some of the rhetorical language has been that they felt they had copywritten. Yeah. Has been stolen from them. Right. They believe that uh, conservative populism can't exist, right. um, and 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 so the well, other they, f- these are the guys that still think that when when our club gets attacked, for example,
0: they're they're so dated. They're like, oh, you Brooks brother wearing Wall Street bros, and it's like, you know, that that is not our club. Yeah. That is not most of the Republican Party anymore. But they're they're living in another era. They're, they 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 <laughs> think they think that the bulk of the Republican Party today is. Brooks brothers. Yeah, when I would argue insane. that that's probably the Democrats. Yeah. The tech bros, the finance bros, they're all Democrats. They're default Democrats. I don't think necessarily they're left they're
1: the they're, wing. They're not showing up to activist moments. Right. They're not coming yeah. and knocking yeah. on doors. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, they're but, too rich for that. Right, of yeah. course. Of course. Um, so but it just goes I, to show they refuse to
0: admit. Yeah. Because, we're again, we're in this transitionary period. They refuse to admit this political realignment is happening. They don't want to concede that they, they have lost ground in a lot of these areas. And if you go back to 2016, it was Bill Clinton that told his wife, you know, you're, you're forgetting about the white working class. And they were basically like,
1: oh, please. And and somebody intercepted him uh, on her staff. He was like, dude, Bill, your coalition is gone. It's not coming back. <laughs> and he was right. But Bill was also right into right. being concerned about it. Because right. you can still, within the margins, it's better to lose by 40 rather right. than 45. Right. You know, so... You compete for every vote, um, and every vote should matter. Uh, You know, it's part of what winning The Democrats
0: gave up that vote largely because that block of voters were not as amenable to their desired... Uh, future for the country. They were were trying to create a new electorate. And I think that's why some things are post-political. Because they looked at it, they said, okay, look, our our bloc used to be these union, white working class people. We had this kind of new Democrat moderate strategy. But this isn't left-wing enough for us. We want to be more left-wing because the elites, the establishment of their party had gone completely off the rails. Yep. And there was a dichotomy there between their voters and the Democrat Party and the party leadership. So they yep. said, all right, well, we're not going to be able to move them, at least not in the the, the time being. It's going to take a lot of years of, of education, of, of mass psychology, you... of, 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 of of propaganda to move wow. them. But what can we do instead? Well, Open up
1: the borders. If, you, if you're a, a ostensibly uh, a left-wing populist today um, that hasn't sold out, what you know, and I don't know, and they exist. That even, yeah, they're, I've they're, done some
0: podcasts yeah, with people like that. They
1: are, they do exist. Your view is we wanted Obama to do what FDR did after the Great Recession. We wanted bankers to have to be re, not this Dodd Frank watered yeah. down BS, but actual penalties and yeah. restraint be put on the system. Um, and if anything, it's just worse than ever. Obama doubled down on, on sort of, um, Corporatization. Yeah, corporatization of everything, and the and the and the technocracy. I mean, I remember uh, observing the twenty sixteen um, Democratic convention, and and they're promoting like, ah, look at all these great new tech companies. Look at, yeah. the, look, at look at the sharing economy. They, they yeah. were like really promoting they like were the
0: party of Silicon Valley. Yeah, they yeah. weren't
1: the party of Flint. Yeah. I mean, and anyone who thinks that is is living again in a bubble. Yeah, I mean, as much as I dislike Michael Moore and how like intellectually dishonest he can be, he's right about when he, he is honest. He's yeah, right. Yeah, when he is <laughs> honest, uh, which which was like, yeah, Trump's going to win uh, Michigan. Yeah, I grew up in Flint, and he's going to win. He was right about that. Yep. and uh, he won Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Wisconsin, and and those states are are absolutely purple. Yeah. Uh, to this day and and
0: Wisconsin I, I, the no. most red. Yep. Wisconsin may be uh the next Iowa. Yep. Michigan I think it's the, is the toughest of the three and Pennsylvania I think is the true purple.
1: Yep. Pennsylvania is truly purple and um you know and 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 getting back to Jennings Bryant, he is um he is sort of the continuity between Okay, if you don't have someone inhabiting the populist tradition in those years, you have this Huge, huge gap, but I would argue there's another figure that doesn't have it, and it's a Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. And a lot of people will refer to him as a progressive. As a progressive. And 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 maybe that, and, and, and to the extent that he's part of the progressive reformer impulse of that age, right. sure, that is true. Yeah. Because um, progressive used to mean, that's another word that means a lot of yeah. different things, actually. I mean, all the um, words have changed. I mean, liberal has yeah. changed, conservative has changed, yeah, progressive. All everything is just whatever it needs to be. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know another reason why the Democrats are progressives today is because liberal became such a bad word for them. Right. So all right, we'll just navigate over here right. Um, but I, I think TR was a genuine uh, populist in, in, in the in the spirit of, of the word. Um, you know I think a populist is always sort of a pro-reformer. Mm-hmm. Things aren't working. there's a lot the masses aren't getting a fair shake at it. Here's a square deal, right. and now and, and here's a new national populism will never come yeah. out and suggest yeah. we need an action. Yeah, we need to do less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that sense, I can get how if you're like a Reaganite small government conservative, I can I can see how you think uh, populism is against what you want. Um, but I think populism is an outgrowth of a failed elite. Mm. Um, if the elites are, are are providing good outcomes and people are satisfied, you're not going to have. Populism will be at a lull. If that's not the case, it's going to be a lot higher. And TR under, I think TR instinctively understood that. And, and, you got, and, and why does TR matter and why does his uh, populism matter? It's because if you just have the McKinley coalition, you're winning by more than, um, than say, Benjamin Harrison won by, but it's still, you're still not crushing it. Right. After TR adding that populist zeal, that New York tough mm-hmm. zeal, his winning coalition in 1904, much more mm-hmm. than 96 and 9, 1900. Um, Taft wins by a big amount as well. Um, as his successor. Who
0: ended up being co-opted by the establishment yep.
1: and being the yep. conservative faction
0: vis-a-vis Roosevelt. And yep. it's funny, this club was founded to support Taft. Yep. Taft was the first speaker. But Taft <laughs> was originally, I mean, there's some parallels today. Taft was yep. picked to be the successor to well, Roosevelt. Yeah. And then Roosevelt, he didn't do a good job. I mean, I, you I, could say Trump DeSantis, there's some parallels there.
1: Well, yeah, and I, I actually, I love both Taft I, uh, and, and, and Roosevelt. And what do I love about Taft? I mean, Taft, uh, I think, is a bit of a tragic story um, they had a really great friendship, and it was a legit falling out and a sad deal. and, and there's, a, there's this really heartwarming story about Taft in, you know in tears over TR's early death, mm-hmm. I think an early death, probably statistically right on for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, 60 years older, uh, give or take, but Taft was a guy who wanted to sit on the Supreme Court. He mm-hmm. felt that that was the job, He, a chief justice was the job he was born right. for. He was right about that. He was sort of miscast as president. He didn't really want to be president. T.R. asked him to be president. He did it, and then he didn't like the way he did it. So I, I have He's a He's lot... like a
0: reverse Ted Cruz. Yeah. Ted Cruz should be on the court,
1: but yeah. wants to be
0: president. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have a lot of personal sympathy for Taft, um, and- I think what would have been better is TR just does another term right. rather than retiring early, rather than changing his mind. Right. And I, I, I love TR. I think he's one of our best presidents. He's on Mount Rushmore, deservedly But so. he did screw us over with the third party That splits. was a mistake and yeah. it created... Arguably, the crisis that we're kind of dealing and with created today, the Wilsonian, the Wilsonian articulation of what government ought to be. Yeah, and, and uh, a lot of
0: again, probably one of the worst American presidents, and a lot of our issues as a country stem yeah. from Wilson. That, so, that so we, damn so, New Jersey. So, so, so Wilson's teacher.
1: not a populist. We yeah, can say that right. safely. But strangely enough, <laughs> he ran
0: as a bourbon. He used to be a bourbon Democrat. Yeah, but that and he kind of ran that way. He ran not getting involved in World War One and all these yeah. other things. So he ended up kind of in a similar way how Bush kind of ran in a similar way. Yeah. How- and and ended up being exact opposite. Yep. I mean, he, he 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 kind of did a baited switch, yep. which is very common in American politics. But it's funny after Teddy, and I know a lot of people do point to Teddy. We point to Teddy a lot. He is, you know, he he's kind of held up by progressives and populists alike, Republicans and Democrats. But a figure that that has kind of fallen out of um, out of vogue, but now is coming back into vogue. Probably the last Democrat, true populist, someone who did challenge the FDR order, and I think even a lot of conservatives today are pointing to, largely because. I would argue they're looking for someone who actually has balls, mm-hmm. who's willing to actually govern and uh, reward their friends and punish their enemies, which is something that's so unheard of yeah. to Republicans who want to reward their enemies and punish their Ooh. friends. Uh, is it, a gentleman from the great state of Louisiana, Mister Huey Long, um, and I think he's probably one of the last uh, Democrat populists. Yeah, and he, he was. He, I think he is, and he could he have t- been.
1: Truman had. He uh, could have been. A, Truman had a solid style. Yeah. Uh, of it. Truman, um, Truman was
0: an agrarian, he but was a he rural, was a, but he was a party man. He was a party man. Yeah. He was a Democrat party man. Yeah. There was elements there, but but Huey Long could have brought down the FDR coalition. Oh
1: yeah, so yeah, before he got started. Alternative got started. history. I mean, you can yeah. go a million ways. Yeah. There. So I mean, the thing. The, the truth is, is that I mean, in, in the 1930s, a lot of capitalists credited FDR with saving capitalism. So that's one perspective of FDR, and another perspective is it you know so fdr had a ton of critics from the left um, or you know for lack of a better term or from the populist angle and it wasn't just huey long it was also you had father uh, coglin mm-hmm. um, out there on you the radio a, you had in the 1930s it was a wild time politically yeah, and and actually that's that's our real lesson here is yeah. if, if you're in a crisis a prolonged crisis populism of whatever variety or stripe is going to rise. And it will probably win out. It it will either win out or its energies will have to be co-opted by a uh, elite structure and over, synthesized. Which is what both parties
0: today have been doing. We talked about this yep. before, Tea Party, with the Republicans, even now with the with the Libertarian movement, the, the, the Liberty Movement, with Ron Paul, and now with the populist movement, they've taken on the rhetoric, they've kind of controlled it, yep. made it neutered. The Democrats have done this even more so. Occupy I, I forget all the different
1: groups, Justice Dem, <laughs> the Occupy Democrats,
0: <laughs> Democrats Socialists. They have a million different groups over the years. Every
1: it seems though with the Dems lately, every time they have something like that they take the energy and they just get a, they just get more cringe yeah as a party
0: well the democrats do take on the policy views of these of these dissenters and not just the rhetoric the republican party tends to just take on the rhetoric for fundraising purposes, Boda actually won't shift it. Yeah. Trump was actually the first, I think, to really shift the Overton window in the party in a substantial way. I mean, there's no one talks about a Tea Party faction anymore. No, people are going to be talking about
1: Trump Maga America First faction in yeah. the party. Well after Amer- America First, uh, right? These things take a while. 19, I mean, 19, even, 1920, uh, I mean, Cox, Cox Roosevelt, right?
0: <laughs> you look at if you look at you know the, the Goldwater conservative yeah. revolution in the 60s, it didn't culminate till Reagan. So yeah. You're talking about decades there. You're talking about a long period of time it take to fully. Take on the establishment and become yeah. part of it. I think we're seeing a similar pattern now. Uh, but but back to, to Huey Long. I mean, you know, he he what he encapsulated as like you know, he he's willing to to wield government to effectuate ends. Yeah. He, he and if he needs to change the government, if he needs to you know really be aggressive, he'll do it. And he will serve his constituents, and his yeah. constituents were poor, disaffected uh uh you know uh, working class people in Louisiana yep. and he rewarded them. You know, he'll, he'll give them textbooks, he'll he'll build their schools, yeah. he'll build their roads, he'll build the infrastructure, he will give to them, and you will get the votes. I think And Republicans should look at it the same way. And they look at the electoral map and you see all these maps that come out and be like, oh what if just homeowners voted? What if just families voted? Yeah. What if just these people voted and then the map is all red. And it's like yeah. hmm, I think I see a political strategy here. Yeah. You have only homeowners that vote Republican, you have all well, these people de- that have de- families de- that de- vote Democrats, do you- that.
1: They see the, what if, what if white men if, vote? Right, <laughs> right. Well, they say, they say, what if, what if drugged out single
0: women only voted? The yeah. whole map is, is, is Democrat. But yeah. then we look at the map and we say, oh, families and homeowners in wedlock. Hmm. Maybe we should promote policies that promote family formation and p- keeping families yeah. uh, together and, and ownership. that will encourage more Republican voters. That's the strategy. Yep. You reward your base, you reward yep. your voters and you encourage that group to get bigger. Otherwise and you're a grip. That's the real grip. A grift and yeah, then Democrats yeah. look. Democrats do do this. They say, yeah. okay, uh, immigrants they vote overwhelmingly for us, single women vote overwhelmingly for us, people that have college education in quotes vote more for us. So let's. Get more people in college. Let's import more immigrants. Let's make sure more women are single. Great. We're convicts. Let's free them. I mean, they just look at who votes for them yeah. and they put all their energy into making sure those blocks are rewarded and those blocks are incentivized to grow further. Republicans look at our voting blocks and they say, "Hmm, what do we do? We need a first step act."
1: That's what yeah. they do. That's the stupidity of it all. Yeah, I mean, it it really, you know. And that's why Huey Long <laughs>
0: yes. is coming back into the forefront because yep. he was such a unique American political wow. figure, and he was so shameless in his power politics. Yeah. And that's what a lot of Republicans and conservatives forget: he, he, politics he, is about power. He was he, he was acquired. so aggressive
1: that someone had to kill him.
0: Right. Yeah. And look, okay, all the power to him. Be aggressive. That's what politics is about, yeah. requiring power and using power for your own ends. If you were just trying to be light, if you were just trying to go along to get along, you will always lose to the side that is willing to get into the trenches, to fight dirty, and to win. And the Democrats have been that party. The left have been that faction for far longer than conservatives have. Trump is the, is the distinguishing factor here because he is the first person to come out and say— you no know, fuck it. We're gonna actually fight back for
1: once. Well let's 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 reference Trump will say the forgotten men and women. Who said that? FDR did. Mm. So this language is this, decide- and this is this is what bothers the established order and, and 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 democratic partisans. And so Huey Long had a lot of economic populism to him. And I think there's there's two strains of populism. We've mentioned the urban rule. You could also split it up in economic and cultural. Mm-hmm. And I think Republicans for a long time have have done cultural populism, and not had the economic piece as mm-hmm. fully integrated into it. Historically, Democrats did economic populism, and and prior to the 1960s were were, were not as culturally crazy, mm-hmm. so it worked for them. And today, uh, there's no way that Democrats can do populism today, because it, I do think you need a integration. Of the two strains of populism, so it you know, I think Republicans, to varying degrees, have done cultural populism. Whether you're sincere about it, whether you're really going to do it, that's another matter. But well, it's a the, big matter, though, too. It, it there's is a, a lot, big matter. Again, it well, it especially
0: t- matters now. It's the theatrical and the yep. rhetorical versus actually getting things done.
1: Yeah. Yep. So the the economic populism on on the Republican side, I think, is being scaled up and built up uh, increasingly, and I think it revolves around the family. In, yeah, you know, well that also and,
0: that again, yeah. but that also ties into cultural. Yep. And social it's the, and it's, they're it's all so integrated. There is yeah. a faction of online populists that I do criticize. I want to put everything just in an economic framework. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I disagree with them. I think you know this needs to be looked at holistically. Culture matters, yeah. the social issues matter, yeah. uh, you know, the nationalism matters. We can't just look at this as exclusively trade and, and, and labor. Yeah. Um that those are very important and they're part of this discussion, yeah. but populism needs to be all encompassing. And, uh, you could use those topics to appeal to say a more of a Bernie bro and someone yeah. more on the populist left economically to build a coalition. I'm fine with that. That's electoral strategy. That's yeah. fine. But don't lose sight of the American nation. Don't lose sight of the culture, of the people, because we are people, we're not just economic units, it's not just about GDP, it's also about the people, the quality of life, the culture, the society, the health of all of that, and sometimes that's hard to quantify, sometimes that's hard to put purely into economic terms, but I sometimes see there's a drift with certain populists on the online right uh, that drift into this, just you know, only talking about it in economic, in an economic.
1: Framework. Yeah, you can't do that because uh, for the same reasons that the Bernie Sanders supporters weren't successful, right. And they and I've never seen a movement become more unsuccessful. It was all, it was a all, joke. All of their energy has been co opted. Well, because Bernie and, was co opted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bernie was co opted. It's incredibly sad. Anyway, and, it, and I, it's always cringy um, when
0: you hear these these former Bernie Bros talk about him, and they're like, "No man, you know, I understand why you like Trump. But you, Bernie's the real deal." I'm like, "Dude, Bernie is is the opposite of the real deal. Yeah. Bernie is the biggest sellout." He's the biggest
1: embarrassment. I, I I would argue Trump's gotten more populist. Right, Trump's uh, only gotten better. Power. Yeah,
0: and and, and Bernie's <laughs> only gotten worse. Bernie's yeah. been totally purchased and bought out. And because uh, and, because and Bernie he
1: comes from the agrarian tradition, Vermont. You know, is like you know, not you yeah. know very rural state, and he was a lot more moderate on gun on gun rights. You know, he, he was if you very, look at you old know,
0: Bernie videos, I mean, yeah. he was good on trade. He was good on immigration. Yep. He was probably one of those old. Call it com- Koch Brothers scheme. Yeah. Criticizing,
1: like, and I agree with that. If and he, he went,
0: was, if you, if you <laughs> took a more pro gun stance and those yeah. other issues and, and still was strong in immigration and trade, um, you know, he could have been palpable, but he did embrace woke. Um, he did embrace some of this, this, this more cultural leftism. He got co-opted by AOC, and he yeah. also <laughs> sacrificed on the things that made him more of an economic populist. He yep. sacrificed on trade. He sacrificed on, uh, you know, on a lot of those things. Yep, and, and he and he got nothing for it. No, except you know, mainstream uh, acceptance. But he lost Whoa. any sort of political, uh, f- you know, being politically formidable.
1: The beauty of populism is it is it it can be heterodox. Can be very flexible it's yep. very spiritual it's very yep. much a style well, that's what but it substance it, that's, it's substance makes too.
0: that's why libertarians will never possible. be effective yep. because libertarians are, are the exact opposite it's a rigid it's a rigid, it's rigid yep. you know it's not pragmatic it's all theorems it's all theoretical and they refuse to adapt when necessary that's why they'll never be a successful electoral movement they've had successes you know culturally academically in some senses and some of their ideas have been taken on and I'm, I'm happy to admit that yep. and, they, and they they do make good points many times but as a actual Cohesive uh, political and electoral force—they're never going to go anywhere because of that
1: rigidness, right? And you could talk about trade and um, uh, those issues of 2016, but the the beauty is—is that those are still issues and those matter because of the states that. Provided the margins, right? But going forward, I I think the issues to come are also very exciting. You know, the old Republican issue of currency uh, that's coming McKinley, up, McKinley. That's coming up. Well, you we have high inflation issues with know, Stanley. and the, the dollar is Look at Youngkin's coalition. Yep. He
0: kept the Trump coalition, and he won over suburban women, yep. suburban moms, But because but, he by talked the way, about. I, I,
1: I would rather have Youngkin than DeSantis. I agree part, with you. Way.
0: I agree with you. But he talked about yep. issues that happened in schools. He talked about kitchen table issues. Yep. Crime is another thing. Yep. You know, being being a, a law and order
1: type of person is going to win you some of these blue states yep. the po- uh, on the margins. Populism me- ha- means you do listen to we the people. Right. What we the people care about matters. Right.
0: And, and it's a, it's also a reflection of the state of society. And yep. look, if, if if some things were better, they're not going to be talked about. If crime wasn't an issue, we wouldn't be talking about crime. Now it's an issue we're talking about crime. Yep. If trade wasn't an issue, we wouldn't be talking about trade. It is an issue we're talking about. it. So again, it's flexible. It's not just sticking to some maxim, to some theorem, yep. which may work in an un- intellectual sense, but it doesn't work in an electoral political sense. And I think a lot of the commentators online, especially how they view DeSantis and others, I know I keep harkening back to that, but it's, it's relevant. Yeah. You know, a lot of them view... This, this this political arena in the theoretical. They don't view yep. it in terms of what people at Republican clubs, Republican meetings, at these grassroots organizations, what they're saying and how they're feeling.
1: Well, they, they don't talk to voters. I think they're in the, they're, you know, the left's in a bubble because they are too heavily becoming a professional class party. Right. And I think the DeSantis supporters uh, are also are, are in that same problem.
0: one of the polls showed that the one area where DeSantis is gaining over Trump is educated white men. Right. It's, it's the college education, which we're, we both are technically, yep. but he is winning over these people. Again, it falls into this camp of he's more sophisticated. We want to be more sophisticated. It is a kind of a subtle elitism.
1: Well, in retrospect, that's also what I think a lot of the Bernie supporters were. I think they – because they like to say that Trump's a fake populist. I think they're the fake populists. I think the populism of Bernie Sanders in retrospect – was a populism of the aspiring professional class. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did we all hear growing up? Go to college. Go to college. Get degrees. We have churned out, and then and they were they were in debt. They yep. had no they had no
0: college. They yep. had no educate. They had no well. They had no. Real oh, they're education. overeducated. Overeducated. Under- and they had no no jobs. Yep. And now they're just like oh we're the underclass. Yeah. It's like, not really. You're the, you're a privileged class yep. that just just got bad advice, yep. which I could partly you know sympathize with. But you also just. Can't take care of yourself.
1: Yep. So there, the 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 his proposals were Medicare for all, free college, and student loan bailout. Right. Which are all directed towards the professional that class. slice of this aspiring professional class right. that that feel or or the professional class who just doesn't want to pay their student loans. Right. Like, I mean, my God, if, if the Democratic, uh, if Joe Biden wants to bail out Jackie and me, my, that's my wife, Jackie. Uh, you know, we we have law school type debt. Right. Okay, you're not going to get our votes, but like no I have no, my, col- I have no my, college that yeah I mean I I, I, would, I would I would I'll take it but right. I, I think it's wrong look I, and I don't yeah. blame you for taking it I, yeah. I,
0: I would be a little annoyed to be like well if they're gonna get a college bail give me an equivalent credit card I debt would tell bailout, everyone I gonna... ever
1: met that it's unfair yeah, of and course. you know and I I'm, I don't think it'll happen yeah. for a variety of reasons but what how do the Republicans counter with that you rein in higher ed grift you reign in the universities. You say, okay, you know what? Stop Univers- un- universities are on the line as a cosigner. Stop underwriting the loans.
0: Yep. Seize the endowments. Yep. Uh, go after these schools. Tax Harvard, tax Cut, yeah. cut them. Cut their subsidies. Yep. There's a lot of things we could do. And." The visa programs to bring over all these foreign students who are, who are taking spots away from Americans. There's a lot of ways you can go after it. But, of course, the Republican message is always just to be against something, not for something, yeah. which is why they always lose. But on that yeah. note, this was another good episode, more of a historical <laughs> episode. I think a shorter episode. Yeah. Episode three, we're, we're trucking along. Uh, more stuff to come. Stay tuned. And uh, please subscribe, follow, and uh, and download, I guess.